This podcast is brought to you by everythingvoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. If you're new here, let me tell you what this podcast is all about. This podcast is an exploration of logical fallacy, cognitive bias, stoicism, and life pro tips. Thanks for listening, and please enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Thinking and Doing podcast. Today, we're going to look at a couple of stoic teachings, and that will be that. All right, here's the first one. It's by Diogenes. He says, Zeno always said that nothing was more unbecoming than putting on airs, especially with the young. All right, what I think he means by that, by the way, the, it's by Diogenes, it's from Lives of the Eminent Philosophers, 7.1.22. I think what he's talking about here is um, being braggadocious, um, being overconfident, being arrogant, uh, trying to be impressive, which is a temptation and much easier to do with younger people, right? Because they're gullible, <laughs> maybe. They're ignorant and gullible, and it's a, it's a, it's an easy way to get some of that, um, a little, a little praise of sorts heaped on you to make you feel better, right? So you're, you're doing it in hopes that you'll see your audience be impressed and then that makes you feel better. Um, but, that probably amounts to uh, making an ass of yourself <laughs> as well as being dishonest. Here's some commentary by uh, Ryan Holiday and Stephen Hanselman. They write, uh, in Socrates' famous letter to Demonicus, uh, so holds a similar warning to Zeno, writing to the young man, Isocrates advises, be affable in your relations with those who approach you and never haughty. For the pride of the arrogant, even slaves can hardly endure. One of the most common tropes in art, from ancient literature to popular movies, is the brash and overconfident young man who has to be taken down a peg by an older, wiser man. It's a cliché because it's a fact of life. People tend to get ahead of themselves, thinking they've got it all figured out and are better than those that don't. It becomes so unpleasant to put up with that someone has to drop some knowledge on them. Someone has to take them to school. <laughs> Uh, but this, uh, that was my little addition there, but this is an entirely avoidable confrontation. If the bubble is never inflated, it won't need to be popped. Overconfidence is a great weakness and a liability, but if you're already humble, no one will need to humble you and the world is much less likely to have nasty surprises in store for you. If you stay down to earth, no one will need to bring you oftentimes crushingly so back down. So just, just thinking about this, uh, myself, um, they say that overconfidence is a, is a weakness and a liability. So I guess the questions I have are in what ways are that true? And what I'm thinking about is if you're overconfident and you're trying to accomplish something and you fail, well, you've lost credibility. You've lost trust. You've lost respect. Those can cost you down the road. They can cost you right now and they can cost you down the road. And if you fail spectacularly, then 
all of those are gone. Plus, you'll be thought of as a clown, as a buffoon, and that will cost you. I'm thinking now about somebody like Michael Jordan, who is arguably the best uh, professional basketball player to ever play the game. My understanding is that he was uh, fairly arrogant in his ability, and he did lose. He did not win every game. He did have bad games, and he did lose, but he also won. He won a lot. He won six championships. He won three championships back to back to back. He got, uh, he left the NBA, and he came back, and then he won three more back to back to back. If anybody is, I guess, uh, well-positioned to be a little overconfident, to be a little arrogant, it would be him. But even so, like I said, he did lose. He did not always win. He never lost a championship, but he lost championship games and he lost regular season games. He probably had egg on his face, so to speak, all the time. He probably talked a lot of trash. And I know a lot of that is, is uh, gamemanship. It's part of, it's part of the, the competition. It's part of the sport. I get that. But there have been people who have come after him who believed uh, and certainly with the help of other people in the media, that they were the next Michael Jordan only to have terrible careers and to not actually be Michael Jordan. And then I've seen those who I saw this really interesting video of this, this young new player in the NBA. I don't remember his name where he was bragging saying Michael Jordan's old, his legs are bad. This is after Michael Jordan had right, right after he retired and that there's no way Michael Jordan could beat him, that he, he'd probably have his way with him. Well, Michael Jordan caught wind of this, came to the gym, played him one-on-one, -on -one, and took him to school. <laughs> we'll say. You can find that video on YouTube, I'm sure. So so that, that kid uh, was uh, brought back down, crushingly so, I would say. Um, but the other thing I think about when I'm considering this um, Stoic teaching is... I mean, other than in gamemanship, when you're just trying to get get into the head of, uh, of your opponent, which I understand, it's probably not a good idea to do that if you're not at least competent, okay? If you're not highly skilled, then the gamemanship makes sense. If you, if you are extremely poor, if you stink and you're behaving that way, you're just going to make a total ass of yourself. You're going to lose all respect from your competitor opponent and from any uh, anybody watching. And, you know, you're going to be laughed off the court or off the field. So I, I get the gamesmanship. But other than that, I mean, what's the point? Why, why be that way? Why be haughty? Why put on airs? I mean, what's, what's the point? That the, only, the, only, the only thing I can see right now is there's an insecurity there. You know or you believe uh, that you're, you believe yourself to not be as good as how you want other people to think of you. And so you're, instead of using your actions to speak for you, you're, you're, uh, you're being haughty and you're putting on airs and you're being braggadocious and arrogant, and overconfident in an attempt to, I guess, uh, get other people to be impressed and to like you, like I, like I started at the beginning. But I mean, that's, you know, insecurities probably should be dealt with in some way. I don't think that you know, having the insecurity is an excuse to behave that way and to risk that humiliation down the line. It might be 
might be more advantageous for you to put in the work to become better. And again, let your actions speak louder than your words. Um, and why, and why not just be humble, right? The person who is humble and does not put on airs and really in a, in a way seems like they're probably, um, less able or less capable or less skilled than they truly are when, when the, when the actions are performed and the product is in, that just blows your mind away. It's like, wow, how did, you know, I did not expect this guy to be this good. Oh my gosh, this guy's so humble. And then you've impressed and you've impressed, I think, to a far greater degree than how you may have intended to impress by being haughty. So that's something to think about. You know, let your actions speak for you, be humble, and then you'll really impress them when, when you come through. And then if you don't come through, you know, then you don't have to save face. You don't have egg all over. And you don't have to think less of yourself because you haven't built yourself up. You can recognize that you still need work. You'll always need work, right? Somebody who's truly great at something, they know where their weaknesses are. They know where they need to work and what they need to work on, which is why they work on it so much. They put in so much time. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady. They put in the time because they know where they're weak, because they know uh, through action what they're capable of. So why not be humble? Why not be kind? All right, let's do one more. All right, this is from Seneca Moral Letters 33.7. For it's disgraceful for an old person or one inside of old age to have only the knowledge carried in their notebooks. Zeno said this. What do you say? Clendies said that. What do you say? How long will you be compelled by the claims of another? Take charge and stake your own claim. Something posterity will carry in its notebook. Hmm. I like this. This is why this is why I, I do a podcast, and it's not only this podcast. This podcast is, is a bit more educational. It's a bit more focused on, uh, you know, the things that this podcast is about. Uh, logic, biases, uh, stoicism, thinking and doing better and wiser throughout your life. And I'm, I'm you know, my notebook, so to speak, has these words from Seneca or Zeno or Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus or Ryan Holiday, right? But I'm also I'm also putting my own stake down. I'm also putting my own flavor on it, my own mark on it. And not only with this podcast, but with my other podcasts where I get into all sorts of different topics relating to politics and economics and parenting and philosophy. And I'm just doing what I can to, uh, I mean, I ta- I've taken it so much. My library is large. I've read so much. I've studied so much. What What good is it just doing in there? Yeah, I have I have the opportunities from time to time to uh, to use that knowledge and to educate, for example, my children or others. But to go every day to sit down and to find things to trigger these thoughts in me, this knowledge that I've acquired, and to to put it out there, it's educational for me, right? Because when you're trying to explain something, when you're trying to teach something, you learn more about it. You learn it better because as you're saying it, you you can uh, hear and you can feel if it makes sense, if it's logical, if it's uh, rational, right? You might um, bring something in your mind and it might be there in somebody else's words. Putting it in your word, your own words is useful for that reason. But it's also, I uh, you know, everything is a remix. I believe that. But there's still originality. And I believe that over the years, as I've written and as I've podcasted, 
I believe I that I have had mostly original thoughts about some things. And in those ways, I'm, you know, staking my own claim and I'm putting it out there into the world. And hopefully it'll be out there forever for my, for my kids to see in the future, for my grandkids. It'll be, um, a record of me. So, I mean, I've always said, and maybe I haven't said it on this podcast. I've said it plenty on my other podcasts, but the primary motivation I have for recording these podcasts and for writing has always been really for my own, my own benefit, for my own amusement sometimes. I hope that other people find value in it, and I hope that it's useful. Let me read uh, the commentary here by Holiday and Hanselman. It says, Musing in his notebook about the topic of immortality, Ralph Waldo Emerson complained how writers dance around a difficult topic by relying on quotes. I have a quotation, he wrote. Tell me what you know. Seneca was throwing down the same gauntlet some 20 centuries before. It's easier to quote to rely on the wise words of others, especially when the people you're deferring to are such towering figures. It's harder and more intimidating to venture out on your own and express your own thoughts. But how do you think those wise and true quotes from those towering figures were created in the first place? Your own experiences have value. You have accumulated your own wisdom, too. Stake your claim. Put something down for the ages in words and also in example. I like that. I really like that. I probably should, um, thinking about my other podcast, I mean, I'm just, you know, giving my opinions and my thoughts and I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, pushback as you say. So obviously my stuff's not perfect. I'm sure there's errors in my thinking and in my words and what I say. And these things are kind of always in flux. I'm always trying to learn new things, new philosophies, read new thinkers, excuse me. Um, it probably would be a good idea to have more guests. It's just easier for me to sit down every morning and record something than it is to try to you know, make an appointment with somebody to come over to do it over the internet or whatnot. But I think this is, this is, I think what I'm doing is uh, better than nothing. It is me uh, taking what's happening in the world around me or what has come before me, what other people have said and putting it through my own filters and then pushing it back out into the world. And maybe, um, I'm insightful. I think sometimes that I am maybe, um, like I said, maybe what I say has value. Maybe it's helpful. I hope this podcast is particularly helpful. That's the purpose of this podcast is to be helpful. My other one is, is not so much, but I, you know, I guess we'll see. I think, I think it would be, I mean, obviously I'm not, I'm not pushing my ideas. I'm not forcing my ideas onto anybody. If, if it comes up, I'll, I'll mention that I have a podcast and, you know, let them know how they can find it or two podcasts rather. Excuse me. But that, that's, uh, that's another very strong reason why I do it is to stake my own claim is to put my own ideas and thoughts out into the world. And how amazing is it that I can, how amazing is it that I can, I can do this. I'm not just talking into a tape recorder to file away in my library and nobody will ever hear it. Right. I don't know if anybody's listening to this, but I'm putting it out there in a public way. It's not just locked away in my, you know, physical space. It's out there in the cloud. I'm broadcasting it and it's being downloaded by some people. Um, but it's out there. I like, I like that I'm hosting. I host all of my podcast files at the internet archive, archive.org. seems to me like it's going to be there probably forever of, of any other hosting service that, that one probably has the best chance of being there forever. So that's why I host it there. Plus it, it doesn't cost anything. So if you've ever thought about doing a podcast, Contact me. I'll let you know how to get started. It's super easy. 
and and it's the same with writing you know it's the same with the website i can write and publish it um there's the email newsletter that goes to a couple hundred people you know only a small fraction of them ever open it <laughs> um but it's out there you know you're, you're google searching something and you, you come across my stuff and maybe it's helpful that's great all right i'm just rambling now that's going to do it for this episode thanks for, so much for listening and have a better day Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. Please consider supporting this podcast at everythingvoluntary.com by visiting patreon.com forward slash evc or paypal.me forward slash everythingvoluntary. Thank you.